Choir, thank you. What a beautiful day it is to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, I hope that some of you are starting a new tradition this year, that you will be celebrating Christmas with you, with, that you will be celebrating Christmas with us every year, and we hope that in between now and then, we would keep seeing you. It's wonderful to celebrate traditions. Here are some Christmas traditions that I've loved growing up. Uh, my mom would, my mom is a very frugal, wise woman. She would start shopping for Christmas in January. And she would give us things that we want, and she would give us things that we needed. And when the tree started getting filled, we would look at the presents and we would try to guess which ones do we want and which ones do we need. I remember once being mesmerized by a packaging to realize that inside there were plain white socks. Now, for a 10-year-old, plain white socks is punishment, not present. Here's another one. At our family, in a Spanish tradition, we celebrate Noche Buena, which is tonight. So tonight is Christmas for us. Right after the service, we're driving down to Miami, and we'll probably arrive before the party starts. <laughs> Christmas Day is a day for eating leftovers. That's what we celebrate on Christmas Day. Here's another one. In Brazil, you're going to love this. In Brazil, on Christmas Eve, we eat French toasts. How about that? Isn't that a great tradition? What about you? I wonder what kind of traditions you celebrate at Christmas. Traditions are wonderful, but do we celebrate traditions for the sake of tradition? Indy and I were watching Fiddler on the Roof this week, and, and you know the theme of the movie, right? Tradition. But tradition for tradition's sake. Christianity has traditions, but our traditions are not merely for tradition's sake. In Christianity, we celebrate both tradition and truth. Christmas is a season filled with both tradition and truth. Now, you know the tradition of Christmas because you're here today, but do you know the truth of Christmas? And this is what I want to share with you, the truth of, of Christmas. In Matthew chapter 1, an angel appears to Joseph and tells him of the birth of Christ. In verse 21, these are the words of the angel. She, there is Mary, will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Friends, in this short verse today, we're going to briefly consider two things. The meaning of Jesus' name and the purpose of Jesus' name. Wonderful things come with a name, don't they? Uh, we, we chose Boaz's name five years before he was born. Our pastor during that season was preaching through the book of Ruth. And, and I, I was just reminded of the character and the faith of Boaz. And I said, I want my son to have that character. I want my son to have that faith. Now, we didn't know this at the moment, but the name Boaz actually means in him is strength. And that is very true of our son. He has a lot of strength, a lot of energy, and we love that. We're looking for a baby girl's name. If you can help us, we would love that. We cannot come to, to an agreement on a baby girl's name. Seems like that's harder than baby boys. 
but we're so concerned about names because we know that names come with meaning. They mean something. We want to attach something to that name. We want our children to live up, whether it is because we want them to be like a relative that has lived in the past, or they want to live out the meaning of the name, there's something that comes with naming someone. Well, a name represents a relationship. A name represents a relationship. I'm working hard, been here for about 10 days, I'm working hard to get to know your names because I want to relate to you well. With names come relationships. At the center of Christianity is a relationship that God is calling us to have with himself. That is why he gives us a son with a name. He wants us to call on him, and he wants us to call whom we're, know whom we're calling after. He wants us to know that he is not just God, but if we believe in his son, he is our God. Paul says to the Romans, Romans 10, 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Knowing the name of the Lord and calling on it equals salvation. As a matter of fact, this is what Jesus' name means. Jesus' name means Yahweh saves. God saves. Now, that's interesting, right? Because God could have chosen a different name for his son. Yahweh teaches or Yahweh helps. Those things are true. Yahweh could do a lot of things that are true, but the name that he chooses for his son is Yahweh saves. The name Jesus was not an uncommon name in early Judaism and early Christianity. It was a name that was associated with a delivery. Someone will, call, will come and will deliver us from our problems. But what is the purpose of Jesus' delivery? What is the purpose behind his name? Well, Jesus saves us from our sins. Jesus saves us from our sins. Now, many thought that a Messiah would come and would save them from Roman oppression. They thought that a Messiah would come and would finally deliver, right, the peace that is outwards. But this Jesus came to deliver us from the war that is being waged within us. The Jesus of culture is merely a teacher, a model, or a miracle worker. But the Jesus of the Bible is a savior. Salvation from what? Many would say the devil, disease, disaster. But Jesus comes to save us from our sin. We cannot be merely concerned about the culture that is outside of us. We can often talk so much about the culture that is going array and forget that our hearts do the same. We, we can be very good at pointing fingers at others and forget that what we need is for the Savior to transform us from within. Sin is our greatest problem. 
in life. Jesus is a Savior that delivers us not from the enemy without, but from the enemy within. Jesus' salvation is not only good for this life, but his salvation is good for the life to come. Friends, even if the devil, disease, or disaster wage war against our soul, if we run to Jesus and look to him for the forgiveness of our sins and for our hope of eternal life, our eternity is secure with God. The prophet Isaiah once said, Isaiah 59, 2, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. The greatest problem that we have is that we're born apart from God. We're born separated from God and spiritually dead, meaning unable to do anything about it. We need God to bring us to God. So how does God do that? He comes in the flesh. He comes himself to rescue us. Now, did you notice, did you notice how, how the text talks about Jesus' work? Right? It says, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. It doesn't say he might, he could, he would. It says that he will. The work of Christ is complete. The work of Christ is Secure. Jesus' salvation is certain and secure. He will save. It does not say that he might save. It does not say that he can save, which is true. It doesn't say that he perhaps will save. In Jesus, salvation is not just possible. Salvation is certain. So friends, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know your spiritual condition today. I don't know how you see yourself before Almighty God. I, I don't know if you are, if you are sh clear or sure that you are one with God through Jesus Christ. Or if you perhaps walked into this place today saying, I've got some Christian, I've got some Christian traditions in me, but I don't have Christian truth. I am not certain that God is for me. I am not certain of heaven. I am not certain that my sins are forgiven. I am not certain that the anger and the wrath of God have passed over me. Friends, the message of this little baby that was born to you today is that God is able to save. And if you come to him, if you confess your sins and trust that Jesus Christ, the baby that was born in a manger, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, a death that was not his own, was raised on the third day, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and right now reigns. If you believe that, God has saved you. There's no question about that. So today's Christmas, but is it just Christmas that we think about today? 
Well, we think about Christmas, but during Christmas, we often think about Easter. When we think of the manger, we think of the cross. One can't exist without the other. When we think of the humiliation of Christ taken on flesh, we think of his sacrifice on the cross, breaking his flesh, spilling his blood for us. Christmas is to Easter the same that an acorn is to an oak tree. One stands great and big before us. That is the cross of Christ. The other one stands small with great potential. That is the birth of Christ. Friends, Christians believe both. Christians embrace both. Before us today, we have a table. We have a table that reminds us that this baby came to die. During Christmas, we celebrate Easter as well. We celebrate the sacrifice of the baby who gave himself up. We're going to observe communion today. Now, anyone that is among us that is trusting in Christ, anyone that is among us that is not holding on to their sins, anyone that is among us that would profess the same gospel that we profess is welcome to this table as we remember the sacrifice of the baby. If you're a member in good standing, baptized believer in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're here with us today, we want to welcome you to this table. Friends, if you are not trusting in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, I would ask that you let these elements pass, that you don't take them. Because the Bible actually says that you would, you, you would incur condemnation on yourself. And we would respect you greatly if you just let the elements pass. But if you would like to celebrate this Lord's table with us next time, I would love to talk to you. And we would love to talk to you about the sacrifice of Christ so that you can come before this table all of us as well. This is a family meal, so in just a few minutes, I'm going to invite all of you to come forward and grab the elements. You're going to notice that both the bread and the cup are stacked together, so all you need to do is take one. Once you grab the elements, I'm going to invite you to go back and return to your seats, and because this is a family meal, we're going to wait so that we all take the Lord's Supper together. So, for the next 30 seconds or so, we're going to be, we're going to be silent. We're going to quietly pray. And ask the Lord, Lord, is there anything in my heart that needs to be confessed? Do, do, I, do I need to confess to Jesus my sin? Let us, let us get right before God. And then, after about 30 seconds, I will invite you to come forward and we can start taking the elements of the Lord's Supper. So let us observe a brief moment of silence. First Corinthians 11, verse 23, the Apostle Paul says these words, For I received from the Lord 
What I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us take the bread together. Verse 25, in the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us take the cup. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us pray. Father, how thankful we are for Jesus Christ, our Savior, who has saved us from our sin. Father, we recognize that apart from Christ's work on the cross, we have no hope for this life or for the life to come. But Lord, these elements remind us that our faith and our trust are in the sacrifice that he has so, Father, we pray, we pray that our faith will be built up by this family meal. And, Lord, as we remember his first coming, we also pray, come, Lord Jesus, rescue your people once again. We praise you for the gift of Christmas. We praise you for the, for the gift of Christ. And, Lord, we recognize that without him, we can do nothing. But with him, we have a relationship with you. Therefore, we praise you and pray in his name. Amen.